Welcome to the To Read List. I'm Bailey, and this is a podcast where I attempt to get through the 141 unread books on my shelf. With me, as always, is my friend Toby. Sup? My brother Andrew. This is our first take. <laughs> and my husband Dylan's the sound recordist. Definitely first take. <laughs> We are having a little bit of a silly time at the beginning of this recording. Guys, we're losing our minds. We're in our quarantines. Like, we're just we're just getting through it the best we can. Well, you know what's funny is that we're recording this, but this episode doesn't come out for another few weeks. So, hey, maybe the quarantine's all done. I mean... I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I'm getting so bored in my house with my lovely wife. I wish I had four, uh, like, luminary thinkers of the literary sphere to spend time with. Do you guys ever think that? I think that often, and I often think that it should be in the apartment I live in, which is already about too small for for the people (laughs) in it. Yeah, and I also think that there should be one that's kind of a dud. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I thought that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so what we're talking about is uh, the subject of today's podcast is which authors would you like to be quarantined with? It started from a tweet from Literary Hub on Twitter, um, and they posted, choose your dead author quarantine house. And there were six options, um, which each had, I think, five authors. So we'll go through those lists and decide which of the dead author's houses we'd want to be in. And then we've come up with our own list of living authors and where we would like to be quarantined with them, given the choice. Yeah. Yes. Take One of that. the authors I'm bringing to the table is also dead, but he didn't make the, the cut for their house. So I'm bringing him back to life for this. Take that. But he's haters. a zombie. A zombie version of him when we get to him. So I think the first thing we should do is let's go through the six house choices and like discuss the ones from the tweet. And then from there we can um, share which one we pick. So Dylan, why don't you read out the houses? Uh, yes, I'm going to read the uh, fixed version because people were pointing out that there were no Asian people. Uh, so they added some in. But they they did respond to that very quickly. Yeah, they did respond very quickly. And they had like... And totally mea culpa, but we can't actually say what they said because it's a, a dirty word, but it was very funny. So there was House One, Hunter S. Thompson, Bertolt Brecht, Judith Krantz, Oscar Wilde, and Flannery O'Connor. Who's Judith Krantz? No I don't know that. I don't know that author either. My response to this house is that's a kind of a crazy house. Yeah, that's a party house. Flannery has got bringing her peacocks in. Oscar Wilde is just quipping at everybody. Hunter and Bertolt are just going wild. They're going yeah. wild. A lot of cigar smoke, a lot of LSD. I feel like Flannery O'Connor and Hunter S. Thompson might have like a strange affinity. I'd want to watch a reality show, like a Big Brother version of this house, but I wouldn't want to live in this house. It's a little intense. That's yeah, that's very that's a very good point. <laughs> house number two. Virginia Woolf, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Jane Austen, Dale Carnegie, Susan Sontag. I feel like this house is very inward looking. I don't know. There'd be like a lot of like quiet musing. You know? I was gonna say the depressed house. F. Scott would probably party a little bit, but then he'd be sad about it afterwards. Exactly. So it depends what time of the the day you'd find him. But it's got Jane Austen, which is like, I mean, everybody wants to be friends with Jane. I don't know. Do we have to deal with Zelda in this house? (laughs) No, Zelda's not here. (laughs) I know Susan Sontag. I'm not really familiar with Dale Carnegie, but I'm not, I don't have an affinity for that many people in there except for the first three. Yeah, it's tough. All right. House number three, Anne Rand. Ayn Rand? Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand? Ayn Rand. Rand. Yeah. 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 Ayn Rand, Maya Angelou, Sylvia Plath, Franz Kafka, Shirley Jackson. See, I like this one. This one's dark. This one's one's pretty... I mean, Ayn Rand, not great. (laughs) 
Um, that's well, it. She, but she'd be Maya Angelou, awesome. Like Sylvia Plath. I mean, depressed. Franz Kafka, a little dark. Shirley Jackson, her husband's not there, so she'd probably be in a little bit of a better state than she was a lot of her life. There's four of them that are good, and then there's Ayn Rand, right? But sometimes you have to, like, have a common enemy that everybody hates and that you can, like, just <laughs> gossip about. And so, like, so far, this is my top choice. What do you think, Toby? She's the She's the villain. Ayn Rand is definitely, like, the villain in the reality TV show of this house. <laughs> I'm um, not here to make friends. I'm here to write <laughs> novels. I'm here to do Benzedrine. Um... <laughs> I'm here to pull myself up for my bootstraps. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are both underestimating how unpleasant it would be to have Ayn Rand around and overestimating how fun Sylvia Plath would be. I love and respect Sylvia Plath's work. I think she would be a major bummer to have around the house. But what about Franz Kafka and Sir Shirley Jackson telling you stories together? Kafka, also major bummer. Again, fantastic titan of literature. Not a fun person to be around. He and Shirley would have a little romance, I think. Oh. Those yeah, that's that's sort of what I'm in it for. Maya Angelou is the person in the reality show where you're like, why is this person on The Bachelor? They seem normal. Yeah. Okay. House number four. James Baldwin, Gertrude Stein, L. Ron Hubbard, Barbara Pym, and Carson McCullers. Okay, again, there's, there's a very obvious dud in there. Yeah, there's a dud in there. <laughs> well, I don't want to say too much because Scientology is very powerful, but <laughs> that's the one we're talking about, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't feel bad saying L. Ron Hubbard is crazy man what are the first two again james baldwin and gertrude stein who yeah because that's down great on him. yeah See, I feel like, yeah they're really you're going you're going up the ladder with those first two you're like wow this is the best house so far and then you get a real i think the stinker. folks at lit hub knew what they were doing here yeah. because <laughs> that's the reaction they were trying to get from us i would love to see it here a salon with them both and talking about paris and then l and then l ron hubbard is just in the corner muttering to himself about aliens <laughs> and carson mccullers is i don't know sad no, I think she'd be uh, she'd be similar to um, Flannery O'Connor, you know, like kind of southern mm-hmm. and and very practical. I feel like she'd be good around the house. I think I don't know. I think Carson McCullers would be great. All right, cool. All right. I don't know. I think you guys are forgetting some of the well, at least for Flannery O'Connor. I don't think Flannery O'Connor would be great to have around the house. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe I don't know enough about the personal life of Flannery O'Connor. I don't. I don't know anything about Carson McCullers to the point where I didn't realize that. She was a woman. Andrew, you know, a good Flannery is hard to find. <laughs> That's very true. Look, a good roommate's hard to find. <laughs> All right, Utility's what, not included. What's house five? Yeah. And then there's house number five. Vladimir Nabokov, uh, Audrey Lord, Emily Dickinson, T.S. Eliot, and Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Okay, my first thought is, is T.S. Eliot a Nazi or is that Ezra Pound? That's Ezra Pound, I think, but they were friends and T.S. Eliot is unpleasant for a number of reasons. Okay. And he has a very annoying voice. If you ever, there's a recording of him reading The Wasteland, and it's astounding. Wow. But Rumple Teaser and Rum Tum Tugger. That's a good point. This is like, (laughs) I mean, if you can get past T.S. Eliot, I don't know a lot about Audre Lorde. Feminist poet. I mean, Emily Dickinson would keep to herself. This isn't a bad house, I don't think. Yeah. If we can get past T.S. Eliot's annoying voice. But then you're going to be stuck in there for a hundred years of solitude. I do think Audrey Lord and Emily Dickinson would hook up. But there's not like a landmine in it, again, yeah. except for T.S. Eliot. This would be akin to like going on Craigslist and reading like a three sentence post about someone having like a vacant room in their house and then just moving in without meeting anybody. That's Is what that Vladimir would... Nabokov a good person? Is he supposed to be the dad? I think he's fine. Just because he write, wrote Lolita doesn't mean he's a creep. But he also wrote Lolita, so. I think he's pretty opinionated. I think he's kind of, he would probably be annoying to be around. 
Yeah, I don't know enough to, to judge. I think T.S. Eliot fills the role you thought Ayn Rand would fill in the other house. <laughs> yeah. I think people would just razz on him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. What's the last house still? Our right, house number six. James Joyce, Dorothy Parker, Ernest Hemingway, Zora Neale mm. Hurston. And then uh, this is where they did the switch because it was originally Norman Mailer. But Norman Mailer is out and Yukio Mishima is in. Okay. So this house has some opinions. Yeah. I like it. I don't know a lot about Mishima. We're not talking about Mishima like Mishima, right? I, I don't know, Dylan. <laughs> don't, don't, uh, say I, I that. don't know. Don't say that as if we didn't all just say we don't really know who this is. If you haven't seen the movie Mishima, it's really good. However, he was kind of a crazy person at the end who uh, tried to lead a coup in Japan and committed suicide in the headquarters of the Defense Department or something. Yes, yeah, so it is. In case you were worried, it is the. Yes, it is that. It's it that is that Mishima, It right? is that man. It's that Mishima. Weird. This also seems kind of like a depressing house. No, this seems like a very intense house. It's not depressing. I don't know. I feel like Hemingway, when he was up, was pretty like the wild card of the house. True. Uh, Dorothy Parker, acid-tongued and quippy, makes fun of James Joyce for being whiny. True, I don't know. I, I can sort of get behind this one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and honestly, putting Mishima in is actually a great uh, substitute for Norman Mailer. Because yeah. Norman Mailer killed his wife and... <laughs> All kinds of stuff. Like, Mishima's not like a quippy person. He's just a very intense dude. So before we all decide of these six houses which we pick, I did a little bit of research Googling while Dylan was talking. So Judith Krantz uh, wrote a novel called Scruples, um, and she helped define a supercharged subgenre of the romance, the, quote, bonk buster or the sex and shopping novel. What? Huh. Bonk Buster. Dale Carnegie wrote How to Win Friends and Influence People. I knew I had heard of that name. Mm. But he also would probably be pretty insufferable. But at least he'd remember your name and say it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So so who do you guys pick? Which house is yours? I pick uh, house one. I'm going to go down in flames. I don't think we're going to survive the quarantine, but it'll be uh, it'll be fun. The party house? Yeah, you, you're going to get in a lot of fights with Bertolt Brecht about smoking <laughs> cigars indoors. Yeah. Just get ready. <laughs> I went into that choice just being like, I'm just going to abandon my humanity and I'll just be smoking cigars with Bertolt. I'm going to go with house three. I know Ayn Rand is there, but I'm telling you it'll be fun to make fun of her. And I think <laughs> my angel will be fun. And the other three, you know, it'll be fun to see their darkness. Kafka Plath Jackson. I'm glad we're all going different houses here. I'm really tempted to pick five because I feel like it would actually be pretty safe. But I'm going to go with house number six. I got to see what happens there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to see what goes on there with Hemingway and Mishima, like, interacting, Dorothy Parker commenting on it, and also every once in a while putting James Joyce in his place. <laughs> yeah, the, I was going to say six, too, for that. You would say six still? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Dylan and I are going to hang out. That's good. Oh, good. Yeah. Yay. Awesome. All right. So those are our dead author quarantine houses. So now let's go through and share our alive author quarantine houses with Andrew having one zombie. Well, and just just a real quick detail as well. I think we also picked um, our living and dead authors we want to be quarantined with and the famous house from literature that we were going to be quarantined in with. Them. Yes. Very important. Very important. So I'll... I'll set the scene in the house. <laughs> I was trying to cheat so hard on this and think of a book I read that had like a famous location in it, reading a history of Russia and like getting to live in the Winter Palace or something. <laughs> but I was like, uh, it feels too cheating. So I'm going to pick the house from uh, Paula Hawkins, The Girl on the Train, which is like a nice modern house in the suburbs of <laughs> London. It would have enough space for everybody. When the 
quarantine's over, we're a quick jaunt to London, and we could watch the train going by, which would at least be something to happen. So I went with that house. Andrew, <laughs> is are you talking about the house that our protagonist in that book lives in, or the house no, that she the looks into? No, the house she's looking into. Okay, yeah. The house she's looking into, which nicer. is a nice house. Yeah, nice okay. that's a nice house. No, definitely not the the like duplex she lives in with her, her friend. <laughs> yeah, when you first mentioned that book, I was like, oh boy. I really love a, a too small duplex for this situation. Yeah, that's um, the best. Littered with pre-made gin, gin and tonic bottles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the people in the house with me, I'll start with our zombie. I picked Thornton Wilder, who is a playwright and novelist who I think would be have a really fun way of looking at the world. Great to talk to. Uh, I tried to attach them to a work as a recommendation as well to mm-hmm. read during the quarantine. I'd recommend if you can get your hands on it, The uh, Bridge of the San Luis Rey. Great novel, very short, uh, sort of a precursor for like all those novels and movies where you see a bunch of people and then learn their separate stories. Joining him, because I wanted another playwright for him to talk to, I picked Paula Vogel, um, who is a a living playwright uh, who wrote Indecent, How I Learned to Drive, uh, one of my favorite plays of all time, which is called The Baltimore Waltz. Uh, She's also a renowned teacher and would think of fun activities to do for us (laughs) because she's renowned for picking really fun writing exercises. So we'd have some fun there and she would be great to talk to with Thornton Wilder because she's a fan of his work. Um, Then... I got a little weirder. I really like playing Pictionary and games like that. So my next two authors I picked so that we could have two really strong Pictionary teams. This is so specific. (laughs) Okay. I know. (laughs) I played Pictionary last night and I had a really good time. So I picked... Chris Ware, who is a a graphic novelist and uh, artist. Uh, He does a lot of New Yorker covers. Um, I know him primarily from his graphic novel, Jimmy Corrigan, The Smartest Kid on Earth, which is formative in my like love of graphic novels for being just a real dark twist on them and also just being like a great chronicle of loneliness. Um, So (laughs) I don't know how much how cheery he would be, but he'd be great at Pictionary. And he's also like an innovator in terms of creating graphic novels out of things you're not expecting. He, he released a book called Building Stories, which was 12 interconnected different pieces of media. Um, so I think he'd like to make Rube Goldberg machines in the background and we could find some activities to do with him. For my final person in the house, I'm bringing in Jan Brett, who is oh, a children's nice. book author of things like The Mitten, uh, Comets Nine Lives, which are formative books for me as a, as a kid. Amazing illustrator, knows a lot about folktales and her versus Chris Ware dynamite Pictionary matchup. So we're set. I, I love that. That I forgot about the mitten. I love that book. I'm gonna get you some Jan Bread books for your baby. Yeah. <laughs> You're engineering a Pictionary cage match with your uh, with your quarantine house. I'm, basically, I want to play Pictionary in the evening, and then I want to talk about plays during the day, and then everyone, I think, in this house would be chill with alone time when we needed yeah. it. So I think it would work. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna reveal my house at the end. Um, okay. But I will Suspense. do my four authors. Um, my first author I pick, they are all alive, no zombies. My first author is Noelle Stevenson. Um, she is a graphic novel, comics artist, who wrote uh, such works as Nimona. She wrote um, and drew for the Lumberjanes series. And she's also the kind of, I think, creative head uh, behind the Netflix show She-Ra, which has a lot of buzz behind it. She's very energetic and positive. Um, just seems like... Just like she would be so buoyant and so great to have in the house. Um, So Noelle Stevenson. Um, My second choice is the author Michael Pollan. Uh, He wrote The Omnivore's Dilemma. He wrote The Botany of Desire and most recently a book called How to Change Your Mind. Um, He's kind of a pop science uh, slash food writer. Um, And I think he'd be amazing because he's his kind of 
inquisitive mind about the source of food and how cooking works. Uh, it would be so interesting to hear him just speak over the dinner table. And he's a really good chef and he knows how to grow things. So if like quarantine lasted forever, we could have a garden in the back. Fantastic mm-hmm. dinner guest slash author. Practical. Good choice. Uh, my third choice is David Sedaris. Nice. Yes. Um, David Sedaris, he's the author of many books, including Naked, When You Are Engulfed in Flames, and Me Talk Pretty One Day. If you're looking for recommendations for this quarantine, Me Talk Pretty One Day, you really can't go wrong. It's laugh out loud. If anyone's in quarantine with you, they're going to come into the room where you're reading it and ask you if you're okay while you're reading this book. It's so good. <laughs> um, he just has this kind of like wry super funny observational humor about day-to-day life. I think he'd be amazing to be in quarantine with. Shout out also to his audiobooks. If you oh, if yeah. you don't have the access to the physical copies, he reads his own audiobooks and they are phenomenal as well. Yeah. Um my last pick um is someone who's actually been on the to read list. It's Zadie Smith. Um she's the author of White Teeth on Beauty, NW among other books. Um she is just if you've ever seen interviews with her or kind of Um, I read a book of her essays called um, Feel Free, and she's just, again, like such a knowledgeable and interesting person and just effortlessly like very chill and cool. And I feel like she would bring this level of like calm, contemplative, yet really interesting and focused energy to the house. So those are my four quarantine authors. And the house that we live in is going to be actually an apartment building. It'll be the apartment building from 14 by Peter Kleins. <gasps> I thought you might say that. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, for, so I don't want to give anything away. 14 is a very fun book. Um, it's about an array of characters that live in an apartment building in Los Angeles. And there's a kind of mystery going on. Like something is weird about the apartment building. So if you've read this book, imagine how cool it would be to go through the plot of 14 with these authors as the people you're investigating the mystery of the house with. Dave Sedaris would not be having it. <laughs> yeah, I think David Sedaris would maybe just chill at home. <laughs> I love the idea of like investigating a mystery with all these really interesting people and then maybe like having a dinner party every night and talking about it. Love it. That's great. That's a, that's a great answer. I've thought of like three houses that are better than the one. <laughs> I, I, I put down for my... Well, my house, I went a little basic with it, guys. I thought I wanted to have like a great estate in the country. So I picked Hartfield from Emma, mm. you know, we got a Jane Austen estate. There, the the Woodhouse family is very rich, so it's very lovely, beautiful place with lovely places you can go and walk, and you don't have to worry about social distancing because nobody's out on the moors. It's just your moors, <laughs> except for that hound. <laughs> that darn hound. That's also a better answer than my own. I, I tried to keep it modern for some reason. I don't know why I did that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so at Hartfield with me, number one, I'm going to say Donna Tart. Um, of The Secret History and Goldfinch and um, The Little Friend. She's just dark and literary and kind of weird. I feel like she fills my like current day Shirley Jackson vibe. And so I feel like we could have some some cool discussions and I could learn from her. But more than that, I'd want to see her interact with my second pick, Rainbow Rowell, who, <laughs> who does YA and fantasy and um, romance. And every time I read a book by Rainbow Rowell, such as Eleanor and Park or Carry On or Landline, I just feel happy inside. And it's very <laughs> different from how I feel when I read a Donna Tartt book. So I'd like to see them clash. You and Andrew um, are so into like taking personalities and being like, talk to each other. And I'm just going to stay into you. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I spend my time. Um, then I'd like to have Stephen Rowley. He wrote the book Lily and the Octopus. He's from Maine and lives in L.A., and so I want to talk to him about that. He also <laughs> loves do- dogs, and he's really funny, sweet, gay writer that I just think would be fun in the house. And last but not least... I hope this isn't a cheat. You guys tell me if it's a cheat. But I th- I want my last person to be Trevor Noah, who huh. wrote the book Born a Crime and hosts The Daily Show. He's, a, he's an author. That's not a cheat. He wrote a book. Yeah. He wrote a book, right? Book. I thought about doing that, too. I was like, we could get Amy Poehler in here. Yeah. <laughs> but- yeah. So, and like, I've been, I love Born a Crime. I listened to the audiobook, and he was awesome reading his own audiobook. Yeah. Fascinating I life story. It, you will cry like a baby. Uh, Yes. And so he can be like emotional and serious and political, but he can also be hilarious. And I've been watching The Daily Show, you know, from his quarantine. And it seems like he's like keeping spirits high. So, yeah, he's my number four. Nice. 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 I feel good about our houses. I almost went with the manor house just because it would be nice to be out on the moors. But now I'm glad I didn't. It's the basic. It's the basic choice. If I could go back, I'd pick the house they're in in the Seagull by Anton Chekhov because it's like a lakeside summer mansion. Well, too bad you can't. <laughs> such, such a shame. You're stuck too bad, in the, so sad. From the girl on the train. I don't know why. I was just like, it has to be modern day. Okay, what do I know? <laughs> that would be like a, a comfortable house in modern day. Would it have been a cheat if I had said the house from Lion Rich in the Wardrobe that then has the wardrobe to Narnia? True, but is there Wi Fi in that house? I mean, oh, true. That's true. I have Wi Fi, punk. <laughs> <laughs> we do not. In my, in my house, I live approximately 1.5 miles from my actual house right now. <laughs> well, we have tea. So, <laughs> listeners, let us know which dead author house you'd want to be quarantined in, which living authors you'd like to, to be quarantined with. Maybe you have better ideas than us. Let us know which of us you'd want to be quarantined with and why it's Dylan. Oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the To Read List. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email the to read list podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Goodreads at goodreads.com slash the to read list podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram at the to read list podcast and on Twitter at to read list pod. Thanks to Toby and Andrew for co-hosting the podcast with me, to Dylan for sound recording, to Miss Jillian Beth Durkee for composing our intro song, and to Patrick McGran for remixing it. See you next week. Happy reading. Books, books, books. books, books. books. books.